Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word of God for our special meditation this morning is recorded in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord now that you have revived your concern for me once again. Actually, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I lack anything. In fact, I have learned to be content in any circumstances in which I find myself. I know what it is to live in humble circumstances, and I know what it is to have more than enough. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, while being full or hungry, while having plenty or not enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus' name, beloved of God. I get asked many times a week how content I am with some aspect of my life. Maybe you do too. I visit a restaurant and when I leave, I look down at the receipt and it says, get a free dinner when you fill out our customer satisfaction survey. Was I content with my meal? I don't know. I ate it without complaining because that's what my mother taught me to do. Usually I just throw the receipt away. Then I was at the store just the other night at one of those self-checkout kiosks and just a moment after my payment had cleared, an employee came up behind me eagerly pointing at the screen and said, we'd really appreciate it if you would rate us five stars. I pressed five because he was so eager, but usually I just press cancel and walk away. I think I'm not always content about how many times I'm asked if I am content. But it's a common question, isn't it? Are you content? Are you satisfied? With your job? With your school? With your health? With your overall situation in life? If I had put a survey in the bulletin this morning and asked you to tear it off and turn it in, what would I have seen? Do you feel like you are living a five-star life? Or is it more like one or two? Or would you just press cancel and walk away? Contentment can be a struggle for some people to achieve. They are restless. They always want to be doing anything but what they are doing. No matter what situation they are in, there is something wrong with it. If they are in one place, they want to be in another. If there is something they wish they had, they do not have it. Or there is something they wish they could get rid of, but they cannot. Contentment sometimes feels very elusive something you really know you should have, 
and that you need to have to live a settled and peaceful life, but you just don't always quite know how to get it. I think we all realize the importance of contentment too because we all realize the danger of discontent. As Christians, we understand that on some level, discontent is a complaint against God. It is like saying to him, Lord, you haven't really given me the things that I need to face life in this world. You haven't really provided for me the things I require to live the way you want me to live. Discontent is a sideways way of saying, you haven't done a good enough job taking care of me, Lord. Even those who would rate themselves as very content, five full stars, would have to admit that they are not that way all the time. We are all tempted by the sin of discontent, and we all fall into it from time to time. Let's take a moment then to get to the bottom of what it means to be content or discontent, and then we can look at how the Lord helps us to be content in every situation. To start with, contentment doesn't automatically come by having a lot of stuff. Because people who supposedly have everything, such as money, intelligence, a high place in society, a good family, and all the rest, people who have it all aren't necessarily content. Like the fictional story of two old friends who meet each other on the street one day, and one looked sad, almost on the verge of tears, And his friend asked, what happened to you, my old friend? And the sad fellow said, well, let me tell you. Three weeks ago, my uncle died and left me $40,000. Well, that's a lot of money, said his friend. But you see, the sad man continued, two weeks ago, a cousin I never knew died and left me $85,000, free and clear. The friend replied, that sounds like you have been very blessed. No, you don't understand, the sad fellow said. Last week, my great aunt passed away, and I inherited almost a quarter of a million from her. The friend was really confused and said, why are you so sad? And the reply was, well, this week, I didn't get anything. Contentment is not guaranteed by having it all, no matter how much. And at the same time, a person who has nearly nothing is not guaranteed to be discontent. When the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, he was under arrest. He had lost certain freedoms that he once enjoyed. And yet when he received a gift from the Christian congregation at Philippi, he was thankful, but also quick to point out that even 
if he had very little and had never received their gift, he would still be content. He wrote this, I have learned to be content in any circumstances in which I find myself. I know what it is like to live in humble circumstances, and I know what it is to have more than enough. These illustrations reveal to us that our level of contentment is not really based on what we have or do not have. It must be something else. The Greek word which the apostle uses that is translated content in our verses today is a rare one. It is only used here and in one other place. And historically, it means self-sufficiency. The idea that you can handle it, you can face this, you can do it on your own. By extension, it came to mean content in literary writing. But still, it is not so much being satisfied with what you have, but rather it is the certainty that whatever comes up in your life, you have exactly what you need from God to face it. And so contentment belongs to those who trust that they can face anything, whether they have a lot or a little, whether their circumstances could be called good or bad. To be content is to say, I can manage that. I can handle this. It's not the way we might think of contentment at first, but it makes sense. When we are content, aren't we content when we know that we can face what comes at us with what we have been given? And when we are discontent, isn't it when we are worrying and unsure whether we can face what comes at us with what we have? Understanding it this way makes Paul's grand conclusion then snap into very clear focus for us. For once we have a picture of what lies at the heart of being content, we can see just how our God takes us by the hand and leads us there. Listen carefully now to what the Apostle Paul writes. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, while being full or hungry, while having plenty or not enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And with our understanding of contentment here, let's make that last verse even more clear. One could really translate it something like this. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. I am content because I know that with Jesus Christ holding me, I can face anything. Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little. In fact, what I have or do not have of earthly things does not have anything to do 
with my contentment at all. My situation in life does not matter at all. Whether I am intelligent or not, whether I have many friends or not, whether I am healthy or sick, where I live, whether I am in Michigan or Wisconsin, none of this truly affects whether I am content or not. What makes me content is that I know that with Christ, I can face anything because my Savior who is with me can face anything. And isn't it true that Jesus can face anything? We are talking about the one who faced down the wind and the waves with only a word. We're talking about the one who faced more than 5,000 people on a hillside, armed with only two fish and five loaves of bread, and fed them all. We are talking about the one who faced Satan himself in the wilderness for 40 days and resisted him over and over and over again. We are talking about Jesus, who faced the sins of the whole world on the cross, carrying all of it in his own body and facing his Father's just wrath and punishment. Is there anything that could ever show us more clearly that Jesus can face anything than the cross, where he was struck down and abandoned because he became sin for us? He faced that. But then didn't he rise from the dead the third day? Didn't he come to life again after he had faced sin and death head on? And he returned to declare his total victory over it. If Jesus can face that cross for me and win, he can face anything. And I can face anything with him. I can do hard things because Jesus is right there facing them with me. I can be content in any and every situation. Contentment comes through Jesus Christ and through him alone. It does not depend on your own strength or on your own circumstances. It depends on this, that he is with you and that he can handle anything. Whether you are full or hungry, whether you have plenty or not enough, wherever you find yourself, Jesus is there facing it with you. With his power, he protects you. With his word, he comforts you. With his love and with his forgiveness, he enfolds you. All of us have days 
where we struggle to be content with the circumstances God has given to us and the way our lives are playing out. We wonder if we will be content tomorrow or in the future. Or what if I make wrong choices and then can't find contentment? What if I am a student and make poor decisions about school and careers? Will I ruin any chance I have of being content? If we are frustrated and upset with where we are now in life, do we see any hope ahead? You need to put all of that aside and think of one thing and one thing only. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. This is the key to contentment. This truth right here that there is nothing that you cannot face when Jesus is with you. There is nothing Jesus cannot bring you through. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Jesus is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always there. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. Contentment comes through him. Amen.